Have you ever noticed that your marriage just isn't what it used to be? The love and the passion that once was seems to have seeped out of your heart and out of your mind? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. What if you could get it back and what if all it took was a look in the mirror to see who you really are as a spouse? Maybe the beginning of a fresh start for your marriage is only a decision away. Could it be that the answers you're looking for will be found by asking the question, am I behaving like a marriage imposter? Join us on the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast for our upcoming series on marriage imposters, key signs to look for and steps to take to save your marriage. We want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. My name is Travis, and I am here with my wife, Dawn. Hello, friends. So fun to be with you guys today. And we're also here with you guys, and we're so glad that you're tuning in. We're going to get a chance to hang out, talk about life, and talk about one of our favorite subjects, love. And everything in between. Wow. <laughs> and there's a lot there is, yep. in that little four-letter word, love. But it's so fun to talk about. Well, hey, we wanted to catch you guys up a little bit on our lives, we just had summer. And summer was suddenly <laughs> packed into one week. I think yes. it was like seven or eight days, wasn't it? I don't even know if it, it was that. I think it was started like on a Monday and ended on Friday. So we had like five days of summer. I had someone today ask me, so how was your summer? And I was like, stop, stop. Because today we woke up, you guys, it's snow. It snowed snow again. Snow everywhere, yeah. <laughs> we were just sitting here a few minutes ago, and it was snowing pretty hard. And the reason why we called it summer in that five-day span that you were talking about, Don, it was because it literally hit like 87 degrees it one was. day. It was Super in warm. the 80s mm-hmm. for several days. And then we go from like 80 to 41 degrees. We were running outside. Pure snow. Yep, and then now we're back inside. And coats, wearing Anyways. coats. Trying not to complain, but I just think it's been just a long winter. Yes, long winter, short summer, back to winter again. But we also had a chance to get out. Uh, We drove to another state, Iowa, one of our favorite states, and we actually went out to eat. And this was just a fun experience for us. We were with our kids, our grandkids, and we ate. I love old buildings, by the way. And so we were sitting in an old train station, I think from the 1920s or 30s, and we had the most amazing like beef brisket, burnt tips, yeah. uh, loads and loads of, of deliciousness it was on a platter. Great. Yes, it was incredible. It, I'll just give it a shout out. It's called Cornbread and it's in Ames, Iowa. But oh my. great food, great atmosphere. It was 80 degrees outside. Trains were going by. Yeah. Our grandkids were laughing. It was just perfect. And that was like one of the best parts is we're sitting there in an old train station eating all this glorious food and all of a sudden real trains come flying by multiple times. I think about six times they came. It felt like we were in a time machine and we went back like 40, 50 years. So much fun. You got to hit it up if you're in Ames, Iowa. Well, we wanted to kick off this episode kind of with a story. I remember when I was younger, I would play paintball with some of my friends. I never understood why because you played a game that kind. 
has pain. Like, it you'd did, get hit it by did. a paintball. You'd it, have come on with welts. I'm like, why are you playing this game? Anyways, it so should have been called pain, paintball. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, we were in pain, but uh, paintball, some people called it splat ball. But I, I just remember multiple times going and playing with my friends. We would have the time of our lives. Often we'd play outside, but I remember one particular time we were playing inside, and it was because a bunch of my guy friends had got together. It was for a bachelor party. And so we all came together. We played in this uh, indoor industrial warehouse in Minneapolis. And it was really cool. It was like a post-apocalyptic kind of environment. Everything was, uh, you, you know, the black light that glowed. And so there was graffiti. It was kind of an inner city vibe. And so they cranked up really loud, crazy music. And we would play a paintball against each other in this urban warfare setting. Well, we were playing several games for a couple hours, having a great time. And then the guy that was our referee that was kind of overseeing both teams, at one point he just said, hey, how do you guys, uh, what, do you, what do you think of playing this game? It's called Spy. And he said, here's what's going to happen. You'll stay in the two teams that you're currently in, but one person from each team will draw a card. All the cards will be blank, but that one person from each team will draw a card and it'll have an S on it. And if you get the S card, you slip it in your pocket, you don't tell anyone. The game would start like normal and you would be with your team. If you had the S card, you were the spy. The game would start like normal, but about two minutes into the game of shooting the enemy, the other team, and trying to take them out, you know, just one shot. If it hit them, they would be out of the game. Well, you get about two minutes in, the referee would sound the horn and at that moment the spy would then get to turn on his own teammates he would be a traitor an imposter somebody who was pretending to be on the team but really was a spy well it just so happened that i drew the s card i was so excited you were the imposter you were the spy i was the spy i had never done that before and so it was really fun so i went in hard with my team we started we were playing and then all of a sudden two minutes in after we had taken out several of our enemies on the other team all of a sudden two minutes in i had a chance to turn on my team while they were fighting the other team, the other direction, I had a chance to shoot at them from the side or from behind. And it was hilarious, horrible, right? Terrible thing, but it was just a game and a lot of fun. Well, the reason why I tell that story is because I was an imposter in that game. I was pretending to be one thing on a team, but really I was the enemy. I was a traitor. Again, I was an imposter. I was using deception. Well, there's a version of this game that's being played out all around the world, but it's actually not being played in a warehouse, but in marriages where there are supposed to be two people working together who are on the same team. Instead, one of them has left the team and they are now an imposter, a marriage imposter. Sadly, some of them don't even know that they have left their marriage already or are simply just going through the motions and others aren't even aware that they have hijacked the relationship and become an imposter. They're no longer all in on the marriage. So if we're talking about being an imposter, what is an imposter? We need to define this well. Well, according to dictionary.com, an imposter is a person who pretends to be someone else in order to deceive others. Merriam-Webster goes on and says, it's one that assumes false identity or title for the purpose of 
deception. I'm sure right now in your mind, you can think of people that have been imposters and we kind of made a list. And the first thing that came to mind was Millie Vanilli. Yeah. <laughs> Millie Vanilli. The was 1990s. A, Go yeah, ahead. They Millie were Vanilli. A, a two people, right? Obviously Millie and Vanilli. And they became very famous for singing, but quickly everyone realized that they were lip syncing. They weren't singing real. It wasn't them. It was they someone had else. Terrible voices. Yes. <laughs> but so they were these imposters who made it, were very famous, but then quickly people realized that it wasn't them. When I think of imposter, I also think of a guy who, who told his fiance that he was going to school to be a chiropractor, but really he wasn't going to school at all, and he would just stay at home every day, or he would go somewhere else while his fiance thought that he was getting a chiropractic and, degree. And she was going to work. Yes. She was, you know, earning a living, but he was pretending to be one thing and really doing he another. Was. Just so he was a, out. a student imposter, right? Or something like that. Well, and then also Elizabeth Holmes. So Elizabeth Holmes, this is uh, something that we watched this last winter. She it was a very famous person who pretended to create this medical device that was revolutionary. So, but it never worked. She never got it fully working. <laughs> So it she, didn't do yeah, anything. she was an imposter. She said that it was working. She got huge companies to donate and to, to put money into this product. And she swindled them out of millions of dollars, these investors, these poor investors. And then there was no product that was there. So Elizabeth Holmes, she now she's in prison. But then also Microsoft. I mean, this is something that we're probably aware of. We open up our email a lot. And there is an email from someone else who's trying to scam us, right? Like we see that all the time. We're like, oh, don't open that. That's spam. You know, that's, oh, oh, that's a phishing one. Like, oh, don't open that. That's another scam. Yeah. And it's not that Microsoft is the imposter, but no, not it, they're coming through our Microsoft uh, inbox Outlook, or yep. Microsoft Outlook. Yep. And so all of a sudden they're like saying we won something or saying that we need to, you know, clear up our password issue or whatever it is. And really they're lying to yes. us. They're pretending to be one company but really they're yeah. criminals. And it's so hard because when you realize that someone's an imposter and they're, they're not who they say they were, man, it's frustrating. It can definitely like be very, very irritating. So here is the key idea of this episode and this three-part series. It's this. A marriage imposter is when you pretend to be married, but your heart really isn't in it. You're faking it. You are not all in. So you're imposter. So we're just going to really dig into what is a marriage imposter and what are different types of marriage imposters. Yeah. And actually, the title of this three-part series is, Am I a Marriage Imposter? I mean, that should be a question that we all should be yes. asking ourselves. I want to be self-reflecting on a regular basis and search my own heart, my own mind, and to make sure that I'm, you know, being a great spouse. But not only is the title, Am I a Marriage Imposter? But it's also key signs to look for and steps to take to save your marriage. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a marriage imposter, your marriage might be heading in the wrong direction. More than likely, it is heading in the wrong direction. And you're not all in. All right. So today, we're going to look at one type of marriage imposter. Again, this is a three-part series. We're going to be looking at three different types of marriage imposters. We're also going to be giving you examples of how they behave. And this will help you to determine if you 
are a marriage imposter. Or maybe if you have some traits or behaviors in your life that need to be dealt with, that need to be put aside. So the one that we're focusing on, the marriage imposter in this episode, is what we would call the hesitant spouse. In other words, it's the spouse that is holding back. So Don, let's just jump right in. Here's what the hesitant spouse is doing when it comes to holding back in one or potentially maybe many areas. The first area would be holding back emotionally. In other words, they aren't willing to pursue their spouse romantically, and maybe they've even given up Mm. on trying. And that's a problem. Why is that a problem? Because in marriage, there has to be a desire to want to kindle the romance, to keep it going. So if that's you, holding back emotionally is dysfunctional. It's not healthy. It's not normal. And in fact, it's hurting your marriage and it might even be hurting you. Why? Because as humans, we all need healthy relationships. Now, let's be honest. Every marriage has conflict and every marriage isn't perfect. I mean, there are some people who are married and you kind of look at them from a distance and you think, oh, they got, they, they have the perfect marriage. But here's the truth. No marriage is perfect. So it's important to work through the conflict, to forgive and to get a plan and to move on. But don't emotionally withdraw every single time and act like you're not married. If that happens, that's a problem. You don't want to be just two people that are roommates living together in the same house. Instead, you want your relationship to get stronger. But if you are a marriage imposter, if you're emotionally pulling back, then your relationship is just going to slowly get worse and worse. And that is one of the traits of the hesitant spouse, a marriage imposter, uh, you know, personality trait. So here's the answer. And it's kind of a lot like our winter, Don. I know we kind of give winter a bad name because it's like eight months a year here in Minnesota. But one of the things that we love, and if you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you know, we love to have fires in our fireplace. Well, marriage and relationships are like that. When you have a fire, in your fireplace, you're always stirring the coals and you're adding more fresh wood. Why? Because you want to keep the fire going, but you also want to get it hotter and hotter to warm you up on a cold night. In the same way, every couple needs to constantly be stirring the coals of love and adding more hot romance to their marriage flames. It's just something that has to be happening. And if it's not, then the fire is growing dim and eventually the fire goes out. So we're looking at one type of marriage imposter, which is the hesitant spouse. And this is just someone who may be holding back. But another portion of this is you're holding back physically. Maybe they don't offer affection. They don't help around the house and they withhold intimacy that leads to sex. So there's no sexual intimacy within the marriage. And that's a problem. Holding back physically is a problem. Why is that? Because in the Bible, when they got married, the first thing they did was be intimate through the physical act of sex. The Bible also says that we should not withhold it from one another. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because that is, you know, like an offensive thing on behalf of the marriage, but also a defensive thing. Offensive because when two people are together, it's a powerful union physically, but defensive because there are so many crazy things in our world, whether it's emotional, mental, or physical temptations. And that really helps strengthen the resolve Mm. within the couple and their relationship for one another. 
So what's the answer to that? Well, the answer to this is physical contact. We should make that the norm. Like all the time. Let's just have physical contact, reaching for each other's hands, brushing or, or, you know, rubbing their cheek, massaging your neck, flirting with each other physically. It's honestly, it's all super important. So let's make that normal. I don't feel like I see people holding hands as often as we used to. They really should be doing it more often. And I think having a healthy amount of ongoing sex keeps a couple glued together for a stronger bond of love. It should be less about whether I'm in the mood and more about that's just what we do. That That's the norm. Like yeah, That's what we do because yeah. we want to have a strong, healthy marriage. We want to be close. We want to make sure that we are on the same page physically. The hesitant spouse, the next thing is also holding back in the area of a positive attitude. They no longer are willing to think about their spouse in a positive light or have given up altogether about the possibility of their marriage improving. They might even be just beginning down this road by nitpicking their spouse in the little things while holding back on praising their spouse in the big things. I think I've seen this in other people, especially where, man, they are just fully, their positive attitude is gone and they're they're holding that back. So does your attitude sink all the time or, or maybe just even sometimes? You can change it. We have the power to change our attitude. What do you think your marriage would be like if your attitude was always amazing about them and your life together? How would that help them? How would that help you in turn if you guys both had a positive attitude? And you're talking about the spouse. Like, what would it be like if everybody was, you know, excited and positive and cheering on the big things and overlooking the the ability to nitpick the dumb little things that really don't matter? And I agree with you, Don. it would be amazing. It would be incredible. I actually think the answer to this as well is just gratitude. When you live with someone, it's human nature to blow up in your mind the things they do wrong or the things that actually annoy you. But gratitude, it, it says this and it you have this attitude that I married this person for all the positive things I saw in them at the time. So I'm going to stop being so negative and nitpicky and I'm going to magnify the things that are positive about them that I know to be true. Like there's things, Travis, I know that bother me about you, but I don't need to nitpick at those. I need to just always be looking more at the positive things. And maybe it's time to stop every night and write down just three things that you're grateful for in your spouse. Like what if we did that every night? Three things that we're grateful those little things would disappear quickly. Oh man, you'd be so focused on the positive. It would help incredibly. And again, we're, we're trying to answer the question, am I a marriage imposter? And one of the biggest traits of a marriage imposter would be that hesitant spouse that we, we talked about words like stingy or yeah. greedy, but yep. in other words, they're holding back emotionally. They're holding back physically. They're also holding back with a positive attitude. Now, how this manifests in the marriage is really, uh, you know, there are lots of different ways it could come out, but these could all start to really look like the idea of quietly quitting. That's a phrase that came out in the last couple of years. And author Greg Dougherty says this about quiet quitting. He says, quiet quitting refers to doing the minimum requirements of one's job and putting in no more time, effort, or enthusiasm than absolutely necessary. Of course, he's talking about quiet quitting at work in the workplace and just punching a clock, just doing the basics to get by. But you know what? 
being the hesitant spouse, being a marriage imposter is someone who is just doing the bare minimum to be a livable spouse, right. to be a yep. spouse that yep. can be put up with. But they have quietly began quitting emotionally, physically, and they've quit with their positive mm-hmm. attitude. Yep. And that's what maybe you might be doing in your marriage right now without realizing it. Only you would know. Only you and your spouse. And that's why we want to ask ourselves the question, am I a marriage imposter? So have you started to hold back emotionally, physically, or even in your attitude? Well, this might come out in the form of things like, my marriage isn't what I want it to be, so I'm just not going to try as hard to make it better. Right. Yeah. It's an attitude. It's a mindset. It's a giving up. It's a, hey, I'm going to be hesitant and greedy and stingy, and I'm going to hold back. Or it could even come out like this. Well, if only my spouse would change, then I would start to work on myself. Right. Kind of like keeping a scorecard, like, hey, I, my you know score is three to two, I'm ahead, I'm going to stop right now, or just making sure that things are fully fair when they're not, they're just holding back at that point. Why does all this matter? Because if you're going to be married, be married. Don't be a marriage imposter. Go all in on your marriage and ask God to help you by going all in on your marriage. And you know, when you pray that, when you live that, when you ask that and believe that, God's going to show up, Mm, you're going to show up, and your marriage is going to start to turn around. There's an older actress. Her name is Audrey Hepburn. And here's what she said. She said, if I get married, I want to be very (laughs) married. That's good. Love that. That's really the point of what we're talking about with marriage imposters. We don't want to be imposter. We want to be all in. Well, here's what I would say. If you're going to take your marriage from one that is ordinary and predictable to one that is extraordinary and filled with passion and vitality, then you must give. Give every day in every way for the rest of your married Mm -hmm. life. No, I totally agree with that. You know, there is a great verse in the Bible that speaks to how we should live and how we should think and how we should treat Others in Ephesians 4 22, it says this You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. So what is this saying? Be made new in the attitude of your mind. Have a positive mindset that reflects Jesus. It's also saying put on your new self. Be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Don't live in the past, but live with righteousness. And it's also saying this, put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. So don't be a marriage yeah, imposter. Be real. That. Yes, there's different versions of the Bible, but the message version takes this same verse and it says this. What this adds up to then is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. After all, when you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. I love that. Don't be a marriage imposter because all you're doing is lying 
to yourself and you're holding your back. You're not giving what your spouse deserves. Yeah, the, the, this uh, passage is so important and it's so rich and filled with wisdom on letting go of what we shouldn't have, putting on uh, what what is Christ and making sure that we're being honest with our spouse. But like you said, Don, not lying to ourselves. So being an imposter is lying. You're it pretending. Is, yeah. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. So here's what we're getting at. If you're going to be married, be married. Don't be a marriage imposter. Go all in on your marriage and ask God to help you by going all in on your marriage as well. Uh, Nicholas Sparks in the movie, The Notebook. Which is one of my favorite movies. It was a great movie. <laughs> makes you cry. It, it's just the ending kills you. So, so good, yeah. it's, we won't spoil it, but such a good movie. Here's what he writes. And these words are actually really profound. He writes, I am nothing special of this, I am sure. I am a common man with common thoughts, and I've led a common life. There are no monuments dedicated to me, and my name will soon be forgotten. But I've loved another with all my heart and soul, and to me, this has always been mm, enough. Wow. Uh, that's right out Love, of the movie, yep. The Notebook. Love and, with the, his whole heart and soul. Like, that's incredible love. Yeah, and so what if we're never famous? Yep. So what if we never achieve, you know, greatness or whatever that is? But we have loved with another with our whole heart and our whole soul, just like you just said, Don. So here's a quick recap. Engage emotionally, give physically, be positive. Yes. Those three things. Oh. Don't be a marriage imposter. Don't be a Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Like, just be who God's created you to be and, and give what your spouse deserves. Yeah. Don't be a hesitant nope. spouse. Well, hey, guys, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.